Welcome to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. Across from me, Shane Bishop. My name is Mike Wooten. We are glad that you are joining us for the show today. If you're a new listener with us, we want to welcome you in. We would love for you to subscribe, review, share our podcast. This podcast is here to help you navigate through the changes that you are going through in your life. Shane, how's it going today? Great. Great morning. We have been locked in a uh, Arctic type situation here right. in our neck of the woods that we're really not prepared for. And as we speak, I may or may not have my sedan stuck in a driveway in the snow that I had to abandon. Wait a minute. You have a sedan and you're trying to go through the snow in it? Yes. Yes. And the only reason is because... Uh, I'm not very smart, Mike. Oh, no, you're very smart. I, I don't believe that. Yeah, what's it like to live out in a cabin when we get a bit of a winter storm? What's that been like for you? Because you really can't do anything. Like, yeah, I guess most people can't. Yeah, well, no, you're, you know, we've got maybe a quarter of a mile to get out of, back, to get to an off-road, yeah. to an off-road, to an off-road. It's mm -hmm. about a quarter of a mile. And we just got eight inches of snow and I don't exactly have a blade or anything to clean it off. Right. I'm, I apparently am either too cheap or not knowledgeable enough to get professionals in uh -huh. because deep in my heart, Mike, I've always thought of snow as a self-correcting problem. Uh -huh. You know, you wait long enough, yeah. it, it cracks yes. itself. And so I don't think I've dealt with this well. Yeah. Well, we haven't had a lot of snow here the last couple of years in We're general. Not. So we got, uh, I guess we're caught up now. For the driveway uh, where I live, I just do enough just to get one car out. Yeah. That's kind of how I roll. Do enough walk uh, so that we'll have the uh, Amazon guy, whoever comes up, male people can just drop it off. But I don't try to go beyond that. I also have a snowblower. Uh, I have no, I got no shame in saying that. Yeah. Uh, but snowblower for me, and uh, that's kind of just how I roll. So, so, so your snowblower, the problem with this is like 300... And 63 days a year. It's taking up room in your garage. Yeah. Best case scenario, use it like two days, right? Uh, yeah. And I think there's been a couple years here where we, we may have not used it at all. <laughs> I will tell you. So, you know, obviously with these uh, these engines, you need to get all the gasoline out in the uh, winter right. time. So, you know, the carburetor doesn't get messed up. Well, there's a small leak in my carburetor. So it kind of uh, just takes all the gas out for me. So after I'm done, if there's a little bit left, I put a little towel under there. I sure like enough, it. it winterizes itself. You have a self-winterizing snowblower. Yeah. yeah. And I tried to fix it. I took that thing apart and everything. Yep. Couldn't fix it. Well. The leak might be a little bit bigger. I'm good know. at taking things apart. Putting them back together yeah. is a different matter. Yeah. I got to tell you, Mike, we, we had this last batch of snow. It, it's it's like zero degrees. I mean, it's a buck nothing degrees yeah. out. So the snow yeah. isn't the heavy, sloppy kind of snow we normally get in southwest Illinois. It's, it's more like Colorado snow. It's powder snow. Yeah, yeah. So when it was coming down, I needed to clean my steps off. I got out my leaf blower. Oh. I did. did I got it work? out my leaf blower. It worked yeah. great. Yeah. Well, the girls were trying to do some sledding down that snow. It doesn't work well at first because no. it's too powdery. You got to pack know, it. You, just, you got to pack it you down You got to pack first. it down. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So this is what we've been doing, right? Snow stuff. Yeah. You know, we got COVID. We COVID. got COVID. We got snow. So we Snowvid. Snowvid. Snowvid 20. We could call it, oh, Snowvid 2021. Yeah. I, I, think. I like it. So this could be the Snowvid 
it, episode. This could be Snowbit. I like that. Snowbit like 2021. I better yeah. write that down. Uh, hey, and we should mention that we are actually on Twitch today. I don't know if we'll be on Twitch any other day. I don't even know what Twitch is. Yeah, so Twitch started out uh, as a, it's a streaming platform, so anyone can have their own channel and stream whatever they want because people have so many interesting things to say. And then people have uninteresting <laughs> things to say but feel the need to say them anyway. That happens yeah, too. absolutely. We take this show. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so we want, <laughs> we want more of this out for more people to see. Uh, so we, we're on Twitch today. It's my live personal channel today. If we get any type of following. How we, many people are currently joining us on see, this live look. channel? Let me see. Uh, well, no one said a word. I like it. So no so, one's no, commenting. Uh, and I don't think one person has checked in. Oh, this is great, Mike. This is like an exercise in self-absorption. I love <laughs> this. I love this, man. This is this no. is like navel gazing no. on video. No, that's it's not, awesome. This is, we are in a vacuum. This is an exploratory <laughs> attempt to go out and bring navigating change out to Twitch. So out to Twitch. And the zero people currently Less following us. Following us. Uh, yeah, following right, me, right. I guess you I would guess, say. Yeah, but, right. uh, it might be the problem, Mike. <laughs> you put set, this under let me just your keep name. setting this up for you. Yeah. <laughs> I've only been on Twitch a couple weeks, but uh, I know a lot of podcasts and radio shows actually just throw up a camera and just simulcast their entire show uh, this way. But this started out, Shane, you're going to love this, is that it was really for people who played video games who wanted to watch other people play video games. Well, there you go. So and, that would be like. Like people who don't have a life cubed. Yeah. People who don't have a life cubed would be the group of people who they're sitting there thinking, you know, I'm not sure I have the energy to play my own video game. I want to watch other people play video games. Mike, that has got to be the saddest thing I have ever heard. I don't. I don't know if you're helping us with our new audience. You don't feel like I'm. I'm you don't feel like we're leaning. Believe in it here. or not, there are like millions of people who do that. How and many I, people are following us right now, Mike? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's right. If we were playing a video game, oh, those numbers oh, would jump, 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 oh, jump. Oh boy! Oh, 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 yeah, oh. yeah. Hey, when I was in eighth grade, I played a game called Tomb Raider. I'm sure you're very familiar with it. It's basically uh, Indiana Jones. And they, and they made a movie, right? They did. They made a couple movies. Laura Croft. Yeah, Laura Croft. They made two or yeah, three of those. I didn't see it. Did you see the movie? I saw. I think the first one with Angelina. Jolie and I did see the more recent one with whomever the actress is. So the answer is yes. You saw them. You saw these movies. You play the game and you saw the movies. So in eighth grade, I was playing this game. I had a friend named Andy and I want to give you a lot of details. I know you love it when I start to give I do. you a lot I of I love detail. stories about people I don't know, yep. particularly when they turn out to be yep. uninteresting. That's exactly right. Let me put you to sleep. <laughs> but here, here's the point. I played a game with Andy there. I was feeling bad because it was a single, it was a, a, a single player game, Tomb Raider. And Andy would watch me play this game, and we love to play sports and all that. My point is, is that I should have got on Twitch all the way back then. Uh, I told Andy, I said, hey, I'm sorry I'm playing this game. Should we go do something else? He goes, dude, I love it. I love to watch you play this game. And I thought he was like lost his mind. Right. But obviously, there was an audience for that then. I should have started Twitch when I was in eighth grade. Do you feel like you missed your big chance? I, I feel like that every day. All right, man. <laughs> I am so sorry. And, you know, I can see how, you know, being on a social media platform like Twitch yeah. with no one following us. I mean, think about all the people in the world. Yeah. Not one stinking person That's right. is like watching this Seven right billion? Now. And then you're sitting here on a podcast with me. I can see 
how in many ways you're feeling like life's not really getting <laughs> a lot right. of traction. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a lot like my yeah. sedan in my driveway right now, buddy. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter how hard you hit the accelerator, it ain't going nowhere. Snowvid 2021. Snowvid 2021. Speaking of uh, Snowvid, how about the COVID side of that, Shane? Uh, things, I guess, are starting to get back to normal. Maybe not. Uh, churches are kind of getting people back to church. Some are not at all. Where do you think the state of the church is right now with COVID? Where do you see it going? My guess is that, first of all, no one in America has any idea what size their church is. And people that want to tell you, no, we've, we've grown because we have online numbers. Let me tell you something. I, I don't even know how you measure that. And to compare that with someone in the pews, yeah. I just don't even know how. I mean, it seems like apples and oranges to mm-hmm. me. But I don't think anybody in the country knows what size their church is. Nobody. I, I think most churches, some are not open now. Mike, they've been closed a full year. Unreal. That's unreal to me. It's unreal it's to a me. A whole year. How are these churches surviving? How are they going to survive? And you're not talking about one or two churches. No. This is all over the country. Still churches have not opened up. Yeah. And, and you know, if you haven't found a trigger to reopen yet, just what's it going to take? Yeah. I mean, yeah. no one in the world yeah. having COVID. Yeah. I don't know that that'll yeah. ever happen again. So if you haven't pulled the trigger yeah. by now, I, I don't yeah. know what it's going to take. So I think churches, uh, hopefully with the COVID numbers going down across the country, I pray that continues. Amen. People are getting vaccinations in their arms. Yeah. I pray that as that happens, people are feeling more secure. Yeah. Winter is going to break at some point. Yeah. My guess is, Mike, in the spring, uh, it, churches are going to at least feel like they've got a shot again. Absolutely. And people from the point of someone sitting in a... So we know some churches aren't opening. That's pastoral and leadership decisions. We also know some churches are opening... Uh, but people aren't showing up. That's now, right. so, now some, that's a good, there's a good reason for that. There's health concerns. Right. Uh, but there's a lot we're finding that for, there's reasons why they're not coming back to church when they should be. Well, think about it long before COVID ever hit. I mean, churches were opened up and people weren't attending. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really true. And what I always think is funny, the government will say, you know, you're now open to 50% capacity, a lot of these churches didn't have 50% capacity of their sanctuary in 50 years. So the reality of the matter is, Mike, I don't think anybody knows where they are. I think there's reason that things are going to be better than they are now. Are they going to be where we were pre-COVID? Yeah. I, I just don't know how that shakes. I think we're just on both sides of things, pastors, church leaders, people going back to church, laity side of things, hard decisions are going to have to be made at some point, right? I mean, maybe that time has already passed, but people are just going to have to make these decisions and understand that there's con- people, not everyone's going to be happy. If anything, I think I've learned from... Uh, uh, you know, just watching you in leadership is, is that, that no one is normally happy, right? I mean, there's, there's a lesson. Yeah, yeah. You make the decision. You know, for us, I think we pray, we strategize, we give it the time we need. You make a decision. You can't look to the left or right. You just got to go for it. Yeah. You got to make a call. I yeah. remember when we reopened the church in July. Yeah. You know, I joked that if I open too soon, half the country is going to be upset. If I open too late, the other half of the country is going to be upset. And if I open on the perfect day, everyone is going to right. be upset. 
I think you're in a lose-lose situation if you're looking to approval, to public approval. Yeah. You're, there's no way you're going to get it. So you just got to do what you think's right. Yeah. I think you preached recently about fear. Yeah. Uh, is fear one of the main things that you see right now going on in people's hearts and minds is keeping them from making decisions? My primary concern for churches that are open, that are not open, my, my concern for parishioners who are not back, mm-hmm. and my concern for parishioners who are back who are not yet back to volunteering. My concern is that fear has the central place in a lot of people's hearts. If fear is at your center, it drives faith away. So what are people waiting on? You know, to come back to church or to reopen a church, what are you waiting on? And a lot of people don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. really subjective. Right. So what I'm trying to do is encourage people, let's turn something subjective into something objective. So for example, when the COVID numbers get to X, we're going to open the church. Uh, when the COVID numbers get to X, I'm going to come back to church. If my church doesn't have any COVID cases reported in X amount of weeks, we'll be back. Mm-hmm. If I get one shot, I'll be back. If I get two shots, I'll be back. But when are you coming yeah. back? And to make that objective, yeah. saying when this happens, I'll be back, then I think it takes that subjectivity away and so much of the subjectivity, in my opinion, right now, is driven by fear. Yeah, and that's very, very practical to get people back. They just have to set some type of bar, if you will, or some type of trigger and say, now it's time to come back. But if you're like a uh, boat without an anchor at the sea, you know what I mean? You'll just be tossed back and forth. And, uh, and you know, another thing that's made this difficult on people is church online. Church online has made, and we knew this would be the consequence of a church online ministry across the country, is that we're going to do a really good uh, service. We're going to we're going to engage people. We're going to serve them. It's become pretty easy to just watch from home, even when you have the ability to get to church. We've made it pretty easy to stay home. Yeah, there is no doubt about that. Uh, And one concern I have, Mike, is is just about inertia. I'm a real believer in spiritual inertia. And and by that, I mean, once you're in motion spiritually, you tend to stay in motion. Amen. Yeah. And once you're at rest, you you tend to stay at rest. A lot of churches have been at rest for decades. A lot of Christians have been at rest for decades. And I think this Mm. COVID thing has taken a lot of things that were in motion and has put them at rest. The longer you stay at rest, the more difficult it is to get back in motion. Right. And I fear that a lot of people, a lot of churches have been at rest for a full year now. And we're making it pretty easy for them to stay at rest. What's it going to take yeah. to get them back into motion? In, in some ways, you got me thinking about people who were just in a motion uh, without even thinking about the importance of it, right? So just the weekly routine would just bring them to the church. But now it's almost a time to reflect and look into our convictions. What are we really convicted? Is it a non-negotiable that I gather with people and worship God on a weekly basis? Maybe they've never thought that way before, right. but they were just in the routine of coming to church every week. And maybe this COVID uh, time is actually really challenging that. I was directly asked a question right along those lines. And the question was, uh, why are you trying to encourage people to come back to church? They can worship online. They can worship on the on-site platform. Why is it important to you 
that people come back. And what I responded was, we have a biblical mandate to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Yeah. So if you want to be a biblical church, I, I think you cannot de-emphasize the importance of human beings meeting That's together. Right. Now, are we also going to stay committed to being online? Absolutely. Yeah. That, that has been a shift yeah. And it will continue. And it is a way that people can access and, and do some things. But I'm going to say, Mike, as a local church, we are not a TV station. Right. We are not a broadcast center for the gospel, but we are a local church. And so the idea of people coming to worship yeah. physically on site and being together, we don't give that away. We're not going to stop doing the online stuff, yeah. but we can't give away the importance of meeting because we have a biblical mandate. Right. We're using these medians, mediums to reach people. So like we've heard this for years. I know it's been said around here is that people go on vacation. They can't find a church that they love. Could we? I wish we could just be at church somehow on a Sunday when we're on vacation. Well, guess what? Now you can join us online when you're on vacation for a couple of weeks. How many people used to come to uh, this church and then have moved across the country and now they... And they never really found a church to plug into. They never really found a church. And we encourage people to find a local church. Absolutely. But at the same time, this is a way to reach people who are farther away. But my goodness, if you're within 5, 10, 15 miles of any of, especially in our context, our campuses, gather with people. Get together if, you have, uh, if you're in a healthy place and you can come. Well, I think uh, baseball, football, hockey, all the major sports are going to have to deal with this post-COVID yeah. as well. Yeah. How do you get people back to the ballpark? Yeah, that's a wonderful point. But do you think that there will be some type of a desire for people to meet together? I know we we're pushing, we're kind of at a different angle on this right now, a different window into it. But don't you think, I mean, there's just something about being with people. Do you think we're going to hit a window or a time where people are like, I love... Uh, getting together again with people at church, at gatherings, and, and things like that? Yeah, Mike, I would love to do another show just on the uh, damage that I think the mitigations around the pandemic have caused emotionally. I think it'll be years before we even understand the amount of damage. I'm not talking about getting it fixed. Yeah. I'm just talking about the extent of the damage. Yes, I think there are people, when the baseball parks open, there are going to be people who are so hungry to yeah. watch live baseball again, yeah. they're going to come back, but that's not going to fill the ballpark. There's going to be other people that said, you know what? It Boy, sodas are a lot cheaper at home. Yeah. Hot dogs are a <laughs> yeah. whole lot cheaper yeah. at home. I don't have to go to the city where I may not feel safe as I used to, and I may not have to be around other people that aren't in my herd. We've made it pretty easy for people to stay home. Right. So how do you get people back? I think some people are chomping at the bit to yeah. get back. Other people, it's going to be tougher. But at the end of the day, do we all have a basic human need to connect with other people? I think we do. Mm -hmm. And I think when people do come back, and they will, I think there's going to be a real opportunity for churches to help people connect with each other. I honestly think, Mike, and here's my big prediction of, of the show. Yeah. Because this is a big deal because no one's let watching. Me, let me hang on. Let me check Oh, the you're going to see if anybody's watching Twitch. Okay, no comments. No yet. comments. But we've only oh, you have somebody watching. One person's watching. We want to welcome you in. Hey, you're our first viewer ever. 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 On Twitch, which I had never heard of till like we started this. Navigating change with Shane and Mike. Uh, comment in this, and uh, we'll say hi to you here in a minute. 
All right. All right. We and have the comment's going to be, I have no idea who you guys are. This is terrible. Anyway, Mike, <laughs> I think churches are going to have an incredible opportunity. Here's my big prediction. I think stuff like the old-fashioned church potluck yeah. is going to make a comeback. I think things like having uh, musical groups in yeah. on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday yeah. evening to churches right. is going to make a comeback. I think things like dinner after church, yeah. uh, pie after church, I think there's going to be a real yeah. opportunity for churches to help address the alienation yeah. that a lot of people have thought because of the COVID mitigation. And I think that's a good encouragement for our uh, smaller church Absolutely. pastors, smaller church uh, uh, people. This pitch who, down the middle for them. Oh my gosh, go back to what you, if you're trying to compete with the big dogs, I wouldn't do you that. You can't do it. We can't do you it You can't anyway. do it anyways, it's, but you may actually have a sweet spot coming where you can really reach your community, maybe just like you used to, like back in the old, good old days, if you will. Well, I do think there's going to be a real need for that. Mm-hmm. And and, it, and it's going to provide an incredible opportunity. And churches, I think, need to be ready to jump into that vacuum. In some ways, larger churches will be modeling themselves after the smaller churches in those ways for maybe a little bit of a time. Mike, I remember when I graduated from uh, college, I was had a teaching degree and I interviewed at several schools, but two of the schools were in big, big cities. And I remember one was down Earth Grove South up in Chicago. And I had never seen anything like a school that big. And I asked them, I said, how in a a school this big, how do you have any kind of sense of community? Right. And they said, well, nobody has connections with everything, but we have people in clubs, in various sporting groups. And so we break it down into smaller groups. And I think it's what big churches are going to have to do. We're going to thrive online because we have the resources to do it really well. Yes. You know, we've got those kind of opportunities. But as far as meeting those needs, I think big churches are going to have to act more like small churches in terms of helping people heal and recover and just bringing back what I'm going to call a good old-fashioned sense of fellowship yeah. that used to be such a huge part of what churches did. Shane, I think bright times are ahead for the American church. It's just going to take some work. I mean, people are going to have to, if we think it's going to be like yesterday or like there's going to be this switch that everything's back to normal, whatever that means, it's not going to happen. We got. I think we have to have the mindset that we're going to have to work at this. We're going to have to reach out. We may have to use old strategies. We may have to be use new strategies, but I think the future is going to be bright. Well, Mike, the one thing I hear all the time is, is people saying, I can't wait to get back to normal. Let's be real honest. About 80% of the churches in America were in decline before COVID. Is that the normal you want to go get back to? Yeah. So the idea of going back, I think is the wrong way to think about this. How do we move forward? What opportunities might a fractured nation and a fragile nation coming out of COVID, what opportunities yes. may that offer the local church? I think the churches who see those needs and can fill those needs are going to have a great future, whether they be small or medium or large. Amen. Any other closing words before we uh, close things down today? Shane? No, that's about the best I can do. I felt like in that last statement, I was at the very top of my game. I don't think I can do any better. Sometimes now. I just want to see. You know, how- <laughs> you're thinking. Surely that's not the best. No, he can no, do. I think that's oh, great, man. But I bet he can do even better. No, no, yeah. that's it. That's all I got. Well, we want to thank you for joining us for navigating change with Shane and Mike on Podbean, on Apple Podcasts, and even today 
on Twitch to our one watcher right now. Thank you for joining us as well. We ask you to subscribe, share, and review our podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Shane or I, visit our websites, RevShaneBishop.com or RevMikeWoo.com. Thank you. We'll talk with you next time. And make sure that you keep the change.